Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 122, Teaching Your Child How to Manage Their Emotions. Do you remember those days in grade school or maybe junior high when the girls liked you one day and the next day they wouldn't play with you at recess? I remember those days so clearly. And I thought actually that when I went off to high school, they would change, they would be different. But in St. Louis, we have a number of Catholic high schools and most of the girls that go to them have already been to the Catholic grade schools. Well, my mom was a teacher in the public schools, and so we went to public grade school and then off to one of the Catholic high schools. So when I went to school, first day of my high school year, all the girls, it seemed to me anyway, it was my story, all the girls knew each other already, and nobody knew me. I was the only one from my school that went to this high school. And I did not understand that they did, in fact, know each other, many of them anyway, because they had gone to grade school together. I didn't understand that. And so the first few months of my freshman year in high school were very traumatic for me because everyone seemed to already have friends, and I didn't have anybody to be friends with. And I didn't take the time to figure out that they just knew other people from their grade school. In fact, some of them didn't even want to continue being friends with them. And some of them weren't even friends with them. But my thought was, oh, they know each other. They're already friends. They don't want to be my friend. I know that if you have children of any age, they are dealing with all the emotions that go along with interpersonal relationships. So today I want to talk to you about how to help your child manage their emotions. Parenting involves teaching our children skills. First, we teach them life skills, like how to brush their teeth and how to mow the lawn and how to do their wash, how to keep a house. And we also teach them about their faith. We talk about the life of Jesus and what he did when he was here on earth. We explain the importance of the sacraments and bring them to church to be filled with God's grace and goodness. We help them understand that God has a mission for each of us, and their job is to figure out what it is for them. We also provide an environment for our children where they can learn and become independent thinkers. Whether we homeschool or we choose a school that will serve their needs, we drill them on their times tables, we help them With their science fair projects, we make sure they're ready for college by figuring out how we or they or a combination of the both are going to pay for it. And we make sure that they have the best ACT, SAT scores, and the classes to get the best scholarships. But we never talk about our responsibility to teach them how to manage their emotions. And I think that now we're finding that in our world So many young adults do not know how to manage their emotions. We often react 
when they're displaying inappropriate emotions. We tell them to stop crying. We give them consequences when they hit another child. And often we react to their display of negative emotions by responding with negative emotions. Only they're bigger and louder because, well, we are bigger and louder. We don't teach them why they have the negative emotions they have and how they can control them. And that's the first step in managing their emotions. Our feelings, our emotions, come from our thoughts. They don't just pop out of thin air. Try it. Ask yourself how you're feeling right now. Then ask yourself why you're feeling that way. What are you thinking? Just one thought. Choose one thought. You'll see that from that one thought, you have an emotion. And your emotions drive your actions. There are three different ways that we deal with negative emotions. Resist, react, or avoid. And of course, this applies to adults and children. But for this episode, I want to focus on the children and how they process emotions. An example of when our children resist emotions can be when someone makes fun of them and they don't allow themselves to feel hurt. We have often encouraged this reaction to their feelings by telling them, don't let it bother you, or stop crying, or it's no big deal. We encourage them to resist the emotion of feeling sad or rejected. The second way that we can deal with a negative emotion is by reacting to a negative emotion. And reacting to negative emotions is usually what we as moms see most. They have tantrums, get into fights, or get angry and say hurtful things. As teenagers, they may develop self-harm practices. That's when they react. Avoiding. When our children avoid negative emotions, it's most commonly seen when they turn to endless gaming, maybe alcohol, drugs, scrolling through social media, or possibly eating or exercise disorders. Our goal should be to help our children process their emotions. I find this a fascinating statistic, but an emotion lasts 90 seconds. Yes, only 90 seconds do we feel it in our body. If we can help our children from a very young age learn to feel the negative emotion without resisting, reacting, or avoiding, the emotion will be over with no emotional baggage to contend with down the road. Sometimes they need to cry. Often, they'll feel hurt that they were left out. Our empathetic response of acknowledging and validating the emotion is critical for our children to see that they can have an unpleasant feeling and it's okay. It will subside unless they choose to hang on to it and make it mean more than it needs to mean in their life. By processing an emotion, we help them see that they can choose to manage their mind rather than being a victim of their unmanaged mind in emotional outbursts or mental suffering. Here's how we do that. First, we have to manage our own minds. <laughs> it always is us first, isn't it? We have to keep calm. And rather than reacting to something 
that happened, we keep calm and keep the tone of the conversation with our child or the tone of the home at a calm level. We need to be empathetic. We become curious and help them become curious. Why did you hit your brother? What happened? Help them understand that their reaction is not the proper response to what happened and how can they choose a different way to process the emotion. We also help our child separate fact from story. So if we see our child turn and hit another sibling and we say what happened and the child says, he's so mean, rather than he took my toy away. So we get real clear with our kids to help them get real clear on what happened rather than sweeping statements that have become the story. Side note, many, many times I've coached moms who want to coach about a particular child who turns and hits someone because something happened and they label that child as the one who's the instigator or the problem child. But when I suggest that they go back and talk to that child, they often find that another sibling is a little more quiet, but also aggressive in the way they provoke the child. Be very careful about making sure you get the full story without having any judgments of your own. And that leads me to a thing called holding space for your child. Take the time to listen and let there be silence for your child to think about what happened. Holding space. Don't automatically come in and start solving the problem. Ask your child what happened that made him react a certain way. And then ask open-ended questions like, why are you angry? What are you upset about? What do you think about whatever happened? Why does that make you feel that way? And then listen. Keep asking until you get responses. Sometimes we have to call drill down to find out what is really at the root of the emotion. Don't make automatic judgments. She gets mad at her brother because he's always getting into her business. That's a problem. Help them become aware of their thinking. Show them how the way they think is why they feel the way they do. Help them see that other people's thoughts or comments are about the other people, not about them. Although we all do it, teenagers especially believe that whatever someone else says is truth. No one likes you. You're fat. You're ugly. It's not true. It's what the other person thinks, and that's their problem. It doesn't have to be what our child thinks. When we help our children truly process their emotions, we eliminate the indulgent emotions that look like whining and complaining, arguing, tantrums, or just being touchy, easily offended. Helping our children especially our teenagers, manage their thoughts about their circumstances, other people, and their own negative thoughts is a game changer in how they learn to approach life. Just because someone said it doesn't make it true. Just because they think something doesn't make it true. They can take charge of their emotional happiness 
by not giving away their emotional power to anyone else. A good example as a teenager is a boy they might like invites someone else to the prom. Their thought, your child's thought, could be, I'm ugly. He doesn't like me. Any of those thoughts. When in fact, he may think your daughter's beautiful and he may like your daughter. But it may be that someone else asked him to the prom first or he just chose to go with someone else and it has nothing to do with what he thinks about your daughter. We help our children solve their own problems by giving them a tool, a practice, to interpret and respond to the people and circumstances of their life and a way to choose what they want to think and feel rather than feeling like a victim of their emotions. The first thought that will always come to their brain is almost always a negative thought. We have tens of thousands of thoughts a day, and approximately 80% of them are negative. Really, that's amazing, isn't it? I would imagine that teenagers have a higher percentage of negative thoughts. They constantly fill their minds with thoughts about themselves that they are not worthy, ugly, not cool. All of those negative thoughts, and they think that they're true. They have no evidence for it, but they think they are true because, unfortunately, the brain always offers negative thoughts first. And so when they're thinking those negative thoughts, their feelings are disconnected, sad, angry, unworthy. And then when they feel those feelings, they don't show up to be their true self. They don't show up sharing the gifts that God has given them. They show up distant, unlovable, angry. Of course, then they create their result that they're not cool. They're unlovable because they keep going around and around in this circle. We want to help them choose the thoughts that will serve them, that will bring them to a place of happiness and joy in their life. We want to give them a tool, a practice, to interpret and respond to the people and circumstances of their life, and a way to choose what they want to think and feel rather than feeling like a victim of their emotions. So many of us don't realize that we don't have to think something. We don't have to feel something. We actually have this human capacity of choosing. Choosing what we think. And we need to help our children realize that they too can choose what they think of a situation or of what a person says about them or what they think about themselves. This thought work and learning to manage emotions is empowering. It's freeing, and it's a crucial component in the process of nurturing our children to become emotionally balanced adults. Help your child manage their emotions by first helping them get in touch with what they think and helping them see the connection between what they think and how they feel. And then help them make a decision. They don't want to feel that way. First, they have to feel it, though, to realize it goes back to the thought. And then they can choose a different thought 
to find a feeling that will serve them and help them show up in the world the way they want to show up. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.